Welcome to the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. This is Colby Wood. And on this podcast, we take a deep dive into medical sales and in particular, orthopedic medical sales, where I do my best to share with you everything that I have learned up to this point and document really the day-to-day sales calls and meetings and interactions I'm having so that you can learn from my experiences and hopefully help you become more successful in your career as well. So without any further ado, please enjoy today's podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Colby Wood with the Medical Sales Certification Podcast, and welcome to this episode. And uh, I wanted to share what I feel like I've really learned thus far uh, working with a startup medical device company. I, you know, I've been uh, I've been in this role for about just coming up on four months, uh, maybe just over actually. I'd have to look at the exact date, but somewhere around four months I've been with this company, and it is obviously significantly different than working for one of the large organizations. And I feel like I've really learned quite a few things uh, thus far. But I would say one in particular that I want to talk about is you need, I need, you need, right, to create problems for customers. <laughs> okay. And I don't mean that you you need to be a problem for the customer. Obviously, you want them to like you. That's obviously not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is People buy products for two reasons. They need them or they want them. They need them, meaning that it's going to solve a problem for them, or they want it in that they just fall in love with it. Like there's some reason, for some reason they love it so much they have to have it. Like the new iPhone comes out, you don't need the new iPhone. You want the new iPhone. You know, that they're the type of person that's going to be, you know, an early adopter and innovator and they just want, they want to look like the new guy in town. They want to be the the person with the newest technology, etc. If you are selling a product and, you know, for example, let's say you're, you know, working with a startup company or you're, you're selling a new product to a customer who doesn't have a problem or doesn't have a perceived problem, then you have to make them fall in love with your product. And I would say in my experience thus far, it's hard to make somebody fall in love with a product that doesn't happen naturally when they see it. You know, I, like if you've heard the term like product market fit for marketing, you know, product market fit is all about if I take a product to the market and I show it to somebody, do they have just an immediate reaction of, oh, I need that product. That product looks legit. That product looks cool. I want that product, right? Like if, if you don't have that high of a product market fit, meaning that, you know, you go show your product to somebody and they're just like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like I've been waiting for this product. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's probably two, I would say out of shoot, um, let's call it 200 or so doctors that I've called on either emailed, cold called, uh, LinkedIn messaged or whatnot. I don't know how many of those, and, and let's say it's just ballpark number 250. I don't know how many of those have necessarily like physically sat down and read the brochure that I left or the handwritten note or watched the videos that I, you know, sent them in a link or something like that. So I, you know, it's hard to say out of exactly all the people that I've called on, which ones have taken the time to look at the product to determine, let's say, product market fit. So, you know, it's, 
this is going to be an imperfect science for this podcast episode, but I think there's probably two to three out of 250 who I sent that, you know, I sent them an email with a video of our product and they're just like, oh my God, this is exactly what I'm looking for. You know, like product market fit was perfect for them. They saw the product and immediately they're like, oh, I got to have that product. You know, I think that probably happened uh, in the past when Knotless Suture Anchors came out for rotator cuff repair. That was, you know, I wasn't necessarily there at the front end of that. I started after Knotless Suture Anchors started to become a thing. And, you know, a uh, number of the companies, pretty much every company has a, a relatively good Knotless Suture Anchor now. But the, I think the, the reaction from customers, from surgeons, they're like, oh, you know, that's a game changer. Like, yeah, got it. Right. If you're not getting that when you take your product in front of somebody, right, that's where, when we're talking about needs and wants, that's when you're talking about they want it. You have created, there's a, they love your product and they're going to have it because they want it. That is, in my experience, going to be the minority of the opportunities that you have and of the of the surgeons and the customers that you call on with your product. Even if you have a great product, at least in my experience thus far, what I've learned is that's going to be a very low percentage of the customers that you call on. I honestly thought that it would be a little bit higher and maybe it's, maybe I'm just not that good. <laughs> like maybe I'm just doing a bad job of, of bringing the product to market. And you know, that's the feedback that I'm getting. I saw the product for the first time and I'm like, Oh my God, that is incredible. Yeah, I definitely want to sell that product. I'm on board. I was expecting or have expected that that was going to happen more frequently. Now, when I actually demo the product with doctors and I get to that point in the sales process, most of them see it and they're like, ooh, this is interesting. I do want to see this. But a lot of times on first glance, it's not necessarily that way. And I've been kind of surprised by that, to be totally honest with you. So the reality of the situation is that I'm in a scenario now where a doctor falling in love with the product is probably not going to be my best path. Like if I'm thinking about needs and wants, I have to create needs, right? And when we, when I'm talking about creating needs, I'm talking about solving problems. So going back to the start of the podcast episode, you've got to create problems for your customers. I have to create problems for my customers. And let me explain what I mean by that. When they see the product, they aren't looking at it and immediately thinking, oh, I've got a, like, let me, let me backtrack. And, and I think I got a little bit ahead of myself. What, what I'm talking about is if you have an innovative product that, uh, let's say is just flat out different or it's doing something different than what has happened in the past. Most doctors, most customers don't think that they have a problem right now. If they thought they had a problem, they would be contacting you or me, right? If they had an actual problem, they would be doing the research trying to figure it out. They don't think they have a problem. Therefore, they're not out there calling me, researching me, saying, hey, by the way, I saw that you're the rep that sells this product. I have got to have it. This is going to solve a problem for me. Like that doesn't happen. So the scenario is that they don't recognize that they have a problem. They don't, They've learned one way to do things, and that's how they do it. And they're good at it, right? Like, at some level, 
they don't have a problem. Especially if you're selling a product like I am right now, which is, I mean, the product right now is essentially just a better way to do things. It's more aggressive. It's more efficient. It's a better option than what they're currently doing. And it's a significantly better option than what they're currently doing. But I've found that it may not necessarily be readily available to the customer's mind and how much of an improvement this is going to be over what they're currently doing. Like they see the product and they're like, it doesn't immediately come to them that, oh, I've got a problem, right? They don't recognize that they have one because they don't technically. You're asking them to do something different, which is actually going to be way better. It's going to reduce steps for them. It's going to make the procedure go quicker, but they don't recognize it right away. And so I've got to create a problem. I've got to, I've got to make it clear that the way that they've done things is actually a problem now. Hey, I know that your patients are doing fine. Like, like our product, like totally candid, our product is not going to change patient outcomes. Okay. Our product doesn't make the patient outcome any better. It makes the surgery more efficient, makes it faster, makes it easier on the doctor, right? Like that's what we're selling. But the doctor doesn't necessarily recognize like, oh man, I've got a problem. Like, you know, I'm switching between devices 40 times a case and I could take that down to almost nothing with your product. Like that's not readily available to them. So I have to, I've realized like when I start a conversation or when I'm reaching out to a customer or when I've got a meeting with a customer, I'm going in with the assumption and the expectation that I have got to create a problem for the customer that they don't recognize is a problem yet. I can't rely on the fact that I just think that they're going to see it and love it. They're going to be, they're going to look at it and be like, oh my God, finally somebody built it, built this product. I've got to have it. Like that's, it's just, it's not happening that frequently. And so I'm realizing that it's, you know, firsthand that it's much more important to set the expectation up front that the way you're going to convert somebody is by solving a need, not, not making them fall in love with the product. I mean, maybe if you're selling a very unique product, maybe, you know, you might have a different experience if you're selling a new product and for whatever reason, doctors just love it and they fall in love with it. Like, okay, skip this podcast episode. (laughs) You don't need to listen to this. But the majority, I would assume the majority of sales reps that are going to be selling new products to customers are going to have to go down the route of solving problems. Like you need to use this product because you have a problem that this thing solves for. But what I'm saying is they don't recognize they have a problem yet or else they would have been calling me or calling you. And so I've got to go in and say, hey, you know the way that you've always done things? Here's why that's actually not the best way to do things. Here's why that's a problem. Hey, by the way, I know you've been practicing arthroscopic surgery for the last 10, 15, 20 years like this, but can you imagine what it would be like if you didn't have to switch between devices every 10 seconds intraoperatively, like you've got to paint the picture in the customer's mind about the problem. You're creating a problem for the customer, not because you want to create a problem necessarily, not because they actually have a legitimate problem that that they recognize that's like jeopardizing patient outcomes. I'm saying like in the same way that you, like nobody... 20 years ago, I mean, I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to know that and be around when like the first phones came out, cell phones came out, 
And I remember having my brother and I shared a phone. It was like a Motorola one with the, uh, you had like the walkie talkie on it where you, <laughs> you could, you could do essentially walkie talkie with somebody else. Um, and I forget it, it wasn't even a flip phone. It was just like a standard, you know, it was like a brick phone, but like much smaller, obviously, you know, generation 10 of the brick phone. I remember when those came out and then I remember the flip phones coming out and then the iPhone came out. Okay. If you would, if you would take away somebody's iPhone, if you would take away somebody's smartphone, I've got an Android. So, you know, let's, let's not leave those people out of there. And all the iPhone people are going to be like, you're an idiot for using Android, whatever deal with it. If you were to take away somebody's smartphone now, do you think that would be a problem? Like, yeah, absolutely. Because you realize now what you can do and how life is and how much better things are now that you have a smartphone where you're connected to the internet, where you have all the apps that you need, where you have your calendar, where you have your email, where you can text message anybody in the world, you know, where you can jump online, you can jump on YouTube, you can, you can listen to podcasts. Like if you took that away from somebody now, would you say that you have a problem? Like, yeah, every single person that has a smartphone would be like, that's a problem. But if you would have asked those people 20 years ago before a smartphone really came out, nobody would have felt like they had a problem. Like, oh, that'd be nice to have. That sounds like it could be cool, but like, I've got a computer. What do I need that for? I've got a radio. What do I need that? Like, it, it's hard for people to mentally understand it and picture what the future could look like doing things differently. It's just hard for people to do that, right? Like it's, and especially in a very short period of time, coming from a customer that sees you as the sales rep who, who has no interest in changing what they're doing, who probably invited you into the meeting without, you know, just because their staff said that, you know, you could come in and bring them coffee or lunch. And so they feel obligated to do it, right? Like even in a best case scenario where they're like, where they like you and they, you know, they want to work with you. It's still going to be hard for that person to be able to picture in their mind the future and saying, oh yeah, in the future, I'm definitely going to freak out if I don't know where my phone is. Like nobody, nobody would have said that. Now picture that scenario with a sales rep coming in and you may or may not know the doctor very well or at all. It might be the first time you've ever met him or her. And they don't really like, they've got a lineup of patients in their clinic and you're trying to barge in on their time. And, you know, regardless of what you're doing for them, coffee, lunch, whatever it is, they don't want to hear it out. Like imagine just for a second, how much you have to be able to paint a picture of creating a problem for them. Like, Hey doc, imagine a situation where you wouldn't have to switch between devices 50 times a case. How much time would that actually save you? You know, like you have to create, you have to paint the picture in the mind for the customer of what the problem looks like because they don't see it. If they saw the problem already, they would have been contacting you or they would be the person that sees it and they're like, oh my God, I've got to have that product, right? Because they're not that, because they're not doing that. They are therefore the person that doesn't recognize that they have a problem yet. So it's your job and my job to paint the picture in their mind of what life could be like, what surgery could be like, what their practice could, you know, depending on what product you're selling and, and in what scenario of medical sales you're selling that product, what things, what their practice, what their surgery day, what things could look like for them if they had something different. 
You've got to be able to paint that picture for them so they can see it. Because once you can see it, then you can't really unsee it. Once you could see like what technology could do for you or what a better product could do for you, it's hard to unsee that. Now, it doesn't mean that just because you paint it, they're going to be like, oh my God, oh yeah, 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 you saw this problem, I get it. Yeah, I do. I do potentially have a problem. I'm just going to hand over my business. It's, it's not that easy. But what I am saying is that's what you've got to do. And I've realized that that is much more important to do than I probably realized early, earlier on, even just a handful of months ago, where I, I had the assumption that people would recognize problems much more easily. Like they would see a product and be like, oh my God, that solves a huge problem for me. Not many of them are like that. Unless they, they feel like they have the problem, unless they see your product and they're like, oh my goodness, your product solves for that? You got to be kidding me. Like a lot of them don't think they have a problem. So then it, it's incumbent upon me and it's incumbent upon you walking in and painting the picture of the problem first. Because you can't, you can't start selling your product to somebody prior to them understanding that they have a problem that your product solves or else all you end up doing and all I've ended up doing on a couple of occasions is just talking about my product. Oh, cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, great. See you later. And nothing happens. Why? Because you're jumping the gun on trying to sell a product to somebody that doesn't recognize they've got the problem first. And I've realized, I guess, firsthand or maybe and it, it's not something that I didn't understand, right? I, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure I've done podcast episodes in the, in the, uh, blah, 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 blah. I've done podcast episodes in the past about creating problems and understanding problems, selling, selling problems, and then solutions to those problems. But I definitely underestimated or didn't appreciate the level of importance of doing that and how much more difficult it would be and much more unlikely it would be that a doctor or a customer would see the product and be like, oh my goodness, that is a huge problem that this thing is solving. So then I have to walk in now and I've got to sell the problem first. So whatever product you sell, whenever you're walking in to call on a customer, if that is not a customer that has that sees the product and they're like, oh my God, it does what? Or they they reach out to you or you know you sent them an email and they immediately call you back like, yeah, we got We got to set up this meeting. This doctor wants to see this product. Rest assured that you need to err on the side of assuming that you've got to create the problem first. So don't just walk in there, hand on the product and start word vomiting about the product. Oh, it does this and it does that and it does this. And what's going through their mind is like, okay, like that's cool. Like, and it might be, you know, that's cool. It does that. Oh, great. But it's not enough to make them say, hmm. I have to have this. I that that customer, that doctor doesn't recognize that they have a problem with what they're currently doing. And by problem, what I really mean is they don't realize that doing things differently and better is going to make things that much better. You know, like especially especially going against the incumbents. You know, you like at least for me it's a startup company and I'm competing against companies that are, you know, multi-billion dollar companies like well-established 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years in the business companies with reps that have good relationships with customers that have a track record of success that may or may not be working with, you know, at a, at a corporate level, may or may not be working with the surgeons. Your product, my product can't be like 5% better and get the business. 
it has to be a lot better. And that starts by helping them recognize, especially if you got a truly differentiated product, hey, let me tell you why what you're currently doing is actually a problem. Like imagine for a second, if there was a situation where you didn't have to do X, this product solves for that. Like, can you imagine not having to do this? Or can you imagine what it would be like if you could do this and this and this? And then, you know, like insert, like figure out how you have to communicate it based on the product that you're selling. But like, that's how you want to paint the picture first. And then you can solve, then you can sell the fact that you're solving a problem with this product, but they've got to recognize that it's a problem first and foremost. And I think that's, I guess, come full circle. I think that is what I've, I underappreciated how important that would be in, you know, trying to get something off the ground for the first time in recognizing that like there's, there's a very, um, there's a lot of resistance to new things, to new ideas, to new products. There are not that many people, not that many customers are out there looking for how to improve what they're doing every single day. If they don't feel like it's a problem, if they're getting good results, they don't want to spend their time to do that. And so if you're talking about needs and wants, the needs are going to be where you're, you make your money. Selling needs, selling that this product solves a problem is going to get you a lot farther than trying to rely on people just strictly a product market fit where they see it and they're like, oh my God, I've got to have it. You know, um, I think that's what I've, that's one of the many things that I, I feel like I've realized and maybe underappreciated even just a handful of months ago. And I feel like it would be um, at least useful to share that with you guys on a podcast episode and uh, hopefully make you think a little bit differently about how you're selling the products that you're selling. Um, so yeah, I think that's all I got for this one. We will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. And as you know, we give all of our content and training away for free. So it would really mean a lot to me if you could subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. And if you thought that this episode in particular was helpful, consider sending it to somebody you know who you think could benefit as well. Thanks again, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye.